0: Open your heart and get ready to receive all that the Holy Spirit has for you in this week's session of The School of the Holy Spirit. School is in session.
1: All right, welcome back to School of the Holy Spirit. We're going to continue this series of uh, Apostolic DNA. Uh, We are really digging deep into the context of the apostolic calling that's on the church in this hour. Um, I believe you're going to see such an amazing supernatural transformation where routine, what we call normal church is literally going to crumble before our eyes. Um, you're seeing supernatural things happen. Um, you know, we, we had uh, the release of Thou Shall Cast Out Demons um, this week. And wow, what an amazing <laughs> situation. Um, we were actually in a theater in uh, Brandon, Florida. And at the end, when uh, they started to pray and cast out demons, uh, we, we literally, the whole, the whole uh, theater filled with people and one by one people started to scream and demons started coming out of people and um it's just a really cool thing and um you know i don't know if you guys know this but there was a prophecy by kent christmas um back in 2021 where the lord said i will take your movie theaters and turn them into churches and if that doesn't give chills on on your body i don't know what will because um, that movie, that movie was the power being demonstrated, right? The, the the present time release of deliverance to the body, and I think one of the most amazing elements of that of that movie um, is the revelation that deliverance is is for the is for the body. Okay, salvation is for the world but deliverance and and being set free from demonic powers and religious thought processes it's a work um of of deliverance it's a work of the intent of the kingdom to break you free completely out of the bondage of demonic turmoil um and religious powerlessness and uh, and equip you to become the most powerful supernatural force on earth and um I just encourage you, if you haven't gotten um, my book, wisdom Field Warriors, um, that we go deep into, into these concepts of deliverance. And, uh, you know, really two things that I focus on. Um, the power of uh, deliverance needed to equip the body that they truly reflect the army that Christ called us to be, which was those who would follow the voice of the Lord and release the power of the Holy Ghost on earth. Um, and number two, right beside it, is actually being delivered from um, what I'll call false Christianity. Many many people grew, grew up in powerless, dead denominations, and I'll tell you this, just because they have a cross in the door doesn't mean they reflect Jesus Christ. Um, because powerless in Jesus Christ do not belong in the same sentence. And all these sensationalist theologies that believe that the the Holy Spirit doesn't exist anymore, and because He doesn't exist, they justify why they worship the Bible. Um, that's a classic Baptist position on on the Holy Spirit. They actually say that, that the Holy Ghost um, no longer speaks to people, and therefore the only word they call the Bible the Word, the only word we have is Scripture, and that's an absolute lie. Um Jesus actually is our high priest. He talks about it being his our high priest even today in, in the book of Hebrews 6, 7, 8, 9. Um, and because he's our high priest, he is interceding for us day and night. He's baptized us in the Holy Spirit, and we continuously are to walk in visions and dreams in the power of hearing the voice of the Lord. Our strength comes from the voice, it doesn't come from self man made. Uh, religion that ends up worshiping a Bible and becoming Bible dependent instead of Holy Spirit dependent. And that's a hot topic for me because, man, what a powerless, dead, painful life. Some of the most evil, angry people are in what, what I call zero Holy Spirit denominations. People who actually reject the Holy Spirit. And I'll say this to you guys. Jesus said, if you reject me, I have tolerance for you, but if you reject My Holy Spirit, if you refuse to walk your life according to My Holy Spirit, neither will I forgive you. Okay? that, that If you blaspheme My Holy Spirit, meaning if you reject the way of the Spirit, um, there's no forgiveness for you. And man, I just think, man, Satan has done a number on these powerless denominations that have made America a logical place instead of a supernatural place. And that's the telltale sign of dead powerless religion is logical thinkers instead of faith-filled believers They'll look at every impossible situation as all we need is the Lord to speak and the Lord changes anything that's impossible into a dominion, authority, invasion of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And so... Um, yeah, so let, let's just jump into this. I want to continue on this intimacy thing with the Holy Spirit. The Lord, the, the only way that you can become intimate is acknowledge that many of you uh, believed lies in this powerless religious system. And you've got to lay those lies down. You have to lay down the lie that um, if, you don't, if you're not submitted to an organization, then you're dead. Then you're on your own. If you don't have a covering, right? There's all these covering theologies that say that... Um, you have to be under the cover of a pastor um to truly be accepted, empowered, whatever. I mean they have all kind of crazy theologies, but I'll say this to you: Jesus leads people out of those dead- uh, those dead theological seminary I'll call them cemeteries um and leads people into deserts so that He can raise you up in the power of the Holy Ghost then you can claim nothing but the Holy Ghost as the one who resurrects you. So I would encourage you, um, as Jesus came out of the desert in the power of the Holy Spirit, you too... We'll we'll have a desert season in your life. Many of you right now are being encouraged by the Holy Ghost to walk away from your dead organization. And you have all these relational dynamics with parents who've been there for decades or even generations and everything else. All your friends are there. Well, guess what? Every guy who did a great thing for the Lord followed his voice into a desert and came out in the power of the Holy Ghost and they couldn't be stopped. So I encourage you, follow his voice follow the unction walk away from the dead thing and let the Lord make you supernatural amen and so I want to I want to just reinforce this concept of intimacy and how the Lord takes powerless um, people who are unable and unqualified and makes them qualified by speaking to them all right and so the story of Jeremiah is an amazing story and um, in this story, I'm just going to read this uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, starting with verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I'm reading this out of the amplified guys. And before you were born... I separated and set you apart, consecrating you, and I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Say not, I am only a youth. He's saying, say not all your excuses. Say not, right? Some of you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, say not. There are no more excuses, guys. Say not. For you shall go to all whom I shall send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Be not afraid of them, nor their faces. For I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth His hand and touched uh, my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day appointed you to oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out, pull down, and destroy, to overthrow. He's talking about demonic, powerless strongholds. Okay? And to build and to plant my kingdom. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch, um, an almond tree, the emblem of alertness and activity blossoming in late winter. Then said the Lord to me, you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word and ready to perform it. So let's get this straight at the very end, the Lord shows Jeremiah a vision to confirm that he's with him, to confirm that the Lord is calling him, okay? And the Lord shows him the picture of an almond branch for, for um, a very important thing. Um, the almond branch was one of the three things placed inside the ark, right? Moses was uh, assigned to gather up uh, the manna, a jar of manna, um, the Ten Commandments, and the the almond branch that budded um and so the point of the almond branch was that out of death, out of out of um, an, a powerless situation, out of darkness, I will call life to come forth. And the picture is actually confirming the very thing that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, saying, if I let you see it, I will bud forth. I will bring forth life out of what I let you see. And so the relational dynamic of this, guys, is... Set your Bible aside, right? The Lord didn't call Jeremiah to read um, the book of Leviticus. um, Memorize it and then go to Numbers and memorize that. Okay, he didn't do that. He actually said, learn to believe me when I said I will touch your mouth. You will have vision and the words, the visions I put in you and come off your tongue. You will root up, destroy, tear down demonic kingdoms and and powers and principalities and you will build and plant my kingdom in replace of it you will overthrow the the rulers of darkness and establish my kingdom in the place where i send you amen and if that doesn't get you fired up guys i don't know what will and if you don't get the revelation of the simplicity of relying on the voice of the lord then i don't i don't know what will because powerless scripture or power powerless teaching of scripture is not going to get you there the concept of a church is so screwed up in modern day america it's not even funny they spend the majority of their time talking about scripture instead of demonstrating the kingdom okay that's the exact opposite of what i do i teach things when i go places i teach i'll teach for 40 50 60 minutes but I will prophesy, cast out demons, heal the sick, uh, equip people that they would hear the voice of the Lord, have them prophesying before the end of the night. I spend four, five, six hours doing that and only about an hour teaching a scriptural concept that we want to impart. Okay, And America, the American church is so screwed up all they do is teach scriptural concepts and never demonstrate the kingdom. You know why? Because if you don't have the power of the Holy Ghost, you can't demonstrate the kingdom. All you can do is talk about it. And the Lord never called you to just talk about it. He called you to demonstrate and release the kingdom of God through dreams and visions and prophecy, words of knowledge, the casting out of demons, discerning of spirits, the, the healing of the sick. That's a demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power, and that is actually imparting the kingdom to the hearts of the people present in the room. Okay, the kingdom is imparted. It's not understood. It's imparted. Okay? Understanding is after you experience God. Only after you experience God can you truly develop a revelation and an understanding of the practice of the way of the Spirit. You can't fathom it beforehand. That's why, that's why these seeker-sensitive churches, they are so screwed up it's not even funny. They want to create a tolerable, normalized place where people feel comfortable coming in. You know why? Number one, because they can't demonstrate the kingdom. And number two, they just want bodies in the seats. And that's not the way Jesus works. Okay? Jesus works, like in John 6, Jesus worked by first feeding the 5,000. He fed their bellies. And then He said, eat, drink my blood and eat my bread. You know what that is? That means follow my voice. Commune with me. You know who He's left with? He's left with 12. At the end of John 6, He's left with 12 after He says, if you want to follow me, drink my blood and eat my bread. Okay? Okay, you can sit in the 5,000 and feel comfortable. You can be comforted by these seeker-sensitive you know, organizations that just get people through the door to get your money. Or you can say that's a bunch of garbage and you can start chasing after the Lord's bread and the Lord's blood. And He will give it to it if, if you lay down your dead, powerless, religious thought processes. And the point with this, guys, is if you if you go back to the calling of Jeremiah, Jeremiah was a youth and the Lord says, I don't care what you are. I don't care how in, a, in a, unable, unqualified. I don't care. I really don't care. That does not matter to me. The only thing that matters to me is that you position yourself to be touched by Me personally. And when I touch you, when My Holy Ghost lands on you, when the finger of God comes upon you, and you get a dream, you get a vision, and you go release what I commanded you to to go do, guess what? You are functioning in faith. You are believing Me instead of this false belief system in a scriptural, dead, powerless religious organization, Amen. And so, wow! I mean, my God, I'm pumped up. I mean, Jeremiah was a Benjamite. He had no right under the law. He had, and that's why, as a youth, Jer- uh, Jeremiah is taught he's a Benjamite. He's the he's one of the least of the twelve tribes. Okay, he's not born into the Levite family by law. He cannot communicate with God. He's part of a tribe that just listens to the preacher. Are you getting the picture? And many of you have grown up in dead religious systems just trained to sit and listen to the preacher. Trust what the preacher says. Catholics are the worst. Catholics don't even open their Bible. They go, they take communion, they listen to this priest talk about smells and bells and praying to a dead dead saint which is a demonic spirit um, lighting candles, praying to the Virgin Mary, and they just do all these demonic doctrines. Those are demonic doctrines. Oh yeah, if you if you sin, go do twenty five Hail Marys and jump and do twenty five jumping jacks, and you're good. What a bunch of hogwash! What a bunch of lies! powerless lies that embed people into dead religious routines and processes. Amen. And the Lord in this hour is coming to people in dreams and visions and is awakening them in the power of the Holy Ghost. And I pray even right now, if you've never had an encounter, you've never had a vision from God, I break that religious spirit off of you. And I decree that you will hear the voice of God. You will be impregnated by the voice of prophecy. And he will call you like he called Jeremiah. And the visions that he puts in your heart he will execute to tear down and destroy demonic powers to build and plant his kingdom amen and so the 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 revelation of jeremiah one is that one god encounter changes your life continuous god encounters are an expectation okay you need to get that through your head one god encounter will change your life but a continuous expectation in, in, in encountering god is what will empower you to go to the nations, to make disciples, to take what the Lord is equipping you with visions and dreams to go impart to the people. Amen. So this all comes um, as you develop and you come out of religion, of of powerless religion, you shift over into knowing the Holy Spirit. Religious routines are absolutely a complete different concept versus knowing Christ, right? We talked last time Paul said in Ephesians 3:19 I pray that you would know Christ beyond knowledge beyond mere knowledge okay there's a lot of people that know about him there's few that truly know him and when you when you are coming out of religion there's two things you have to do not only do you have to chase the holy spirit okay but you have to be willing to lay down everything that you thought was real Everything that you thought that was and you'll have people inside the church telling you they'll be telling you things where well, you've got to submit to your pastor. if you walk out of this if you walk out of this church, you'll die, you'll be ravaged by demonic powers. you'll have no covering. That's a bunch of lies, man. What a bunch of lies. Fear and mongering. that's actually a demonic doctrine trying to keep you under the spell that makes you powerless rather than trusting the voice of the Lord, okay? The voice of the Lord is all you need to empower you, to equip you, to lead you through life. And that's what He promised you. He promised His Spirit. He promised you personally His Spirit and that He would not leave you orphaned. And either God's true or He's a liar. And I know He's not a liar, Okay. So if he says to you, I'm adopting you, if he's baptizing you in his Holy Spirit, his adoption is coming upon you. And some of you right now are feeling the tingly power, the electricity of the Holy Ghost coming upon you because the Holy Ghost is bearing witness on you that you're supposed to walk away from some dead things. You're supposed to walk away from a religious organization that has trained you, unquote, to be accepted powerless, to be an accepted powerless just pew sitter in the church. And those are lies from the devil, guys. You are called to be supernatural. You are called to impregnate the world with the voice of the Lord. Amen. You're called to cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, and prophesy. Amen. And so the quicker you decide you're going to do this the way the Holy Ghost is awakening you and unctioning you to and walk away from the dead thing, from the denomination that is literally littered with powerless people, Stop listening to it. Okay, if you stumbled upon this podcast, there's a design on your life. I'm telling you right now, there's a design that the Lord has on your life because you are going to be awakened to, to, to a simple life of realizing the gospel is about the voice. Okay? Galatians 3.9 says that the gospel was preached to Abraham beforehand. Okay? What the heck is the gospel then? You've been trained that the Gospel is actually just sharing the good news, talking about, well, Jesus is real, and Jesus came, and what this Scripture says this, and this Scripture says that. And the Lord says in Galatians, in the New Testament, He's actually referring to an encounter way back in the book of Genesis that the Lord came to Abraham in a dream. And the book of Romans says that that encounter with Abraham encountering the voice of God and abraham then following the voice of god is what made abraham righteous it wasn't a bunch of religious powerless acts trying to achieve a zero sin life trying to achieve 10 things and make you feel good okay that those thought processes do not have the power to cleanse the conscience the book of uh, hebrews chapter 9 says that the blood of jesus when the blood of jesus comes upon a person it truly cleanses the consciousness and you truly have no guilt and shame anymore because you've been delivered out of a religious mindset and you've been simplified in the baptism of the Holy Spirit following the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is what Jesus came to restore. Okay, he washed away sin, but the ultimate goal is restoration to the voice. Amen? So, restoration to the voice is what Paul was referencing in Galatians 3 9 when he says, the Gospel was preached to Abraham beforehand. Amen? And so, this is, the Gospel is actually a very simple thing. It's not as complicated as they make it out to be. You can actually put the Bible aside, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost will teach you and take you to the Bible when He wants to reveal and talk to you about certain things. But the biggest thing about coming out of religion is learning to rest in the presence of the Lord. And this is one of the hardest things to do because many of you are trained. Got to go to church three times a week. Got to go this. Got to go take care of the kids. Got to work in the kitchen. Got to do all these quote-unquote righteous things inside the church. And that's a bunch of... A lot of it's a bunch of powerlessness, guys. A lot of it, if it's not in the vision of the Lord to build um, and invade the city that you're in, then it's just a bunch of work. And so all I can do is encourage you that when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you should have hours every day where you learn to rest and trust in the Holy Spirit. And that's as simple as praying in in tongues. And if you don't know about tongues, listen to my stuff. I'm sure within the last 10 messages, I've probably trained again on what it means to pray in tongues and how the Lord releases intimacy um, through the gift of tongues and uh, basically creates Jeremiah's. Visits people... Um, through a prayer life and creates jeremiah's to shake the nations amen um and uh, i'll just you know i'll illustrate one story i've I've said this a couple times i think over the last couple years i I act the lord actually woke me up um oh when was it it was uh january january february i believe of 2021 um i had school the holy spirit in toledo ohio and um You know, usually on Saturdays, I was getting ready for what we were going to do with School of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we had, you know, people from many different denominations and even pastors coming into that school um, to get equipped with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I would wait for the Lord to speak to me about what we were going to do on certain nights. And um, on this particular Saturday, the Lord wakes me up and He says, uh, He gives me a specific instruction, um, basically saying, that he wanted me to indicate that there was an angel in the room. Um, And it's, you know, there's this particular angel named the Reaper angel that uh, I'm sure you've probably heard me talk about before. Um, It goes with me in certain places. And um, you know, this particular angel, the Lord said when this angel um, is in the room that I was supposed to ask the body, ask the people to stand up and find the angel. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, can you picture how crazy this is? right? Um, How many pastors, (laughs) how many pastors uh, do you think have the guts to do something like that and to risk themselves um, in that level of trust that the Lord is going to show up with a miracle power encounter when the angel is revealed, okay? So anyway, we show up at the school, got a room full of people, and, uh, (laughs) you know, I'm talking for a while, and we get to a point i get the unction of the holy spirit and i say all right everybody get out of your seat um i want you to walk around the room and find where the angel is um you'll know when you encounter this angel five ten minutes go by and all of a sudden this guy raises his hand and he goes right here right here you feel this angel and when you walked into this spot it felt like heat it felt like the presence of the lord um the longer you stood there the more drunk in the spirit you got um And there were some very hesitant people in the room, Um, I'll call religiously bound people in the room, people who couldn't relate to God, number one, God being real, and number two, the Lord actually telling a man that one of his angels would be in the room, and it would do X, Y, and Z. They could not compute, right? And this, this one girl was, man, she was resisting, she just was like, this is crazy, I'm not doing this. Um... And, I don't know, somehow faith came upon her and she walked over and stood in this spot. And when she did, um, she was a non-believer. She didn't even believe Jesus was real, okay? When she stood in the spot, gold dust appeared all over her arms, all over her face. It was so visible and so profound that everybody in the room gasped. I mean, her face literally looked gold. Her arms, her, the back of her hands and uh, the top of her arms were literally covered in gold. And she falls down to the floor. Like the presence of God filled the room so profoundly that she fell down to the floor um, and started to cry and visibly shake. Um, she gets up off the ground. She's praying in tongues. She has no idea what just happened. Um, and and this goes on for like three four minutes. And all of a sudden gold dust appeared on everybody in the room. Everybody in the room, I mean, I'm looking at my arms, there's gold dust on me, I'm looking at everybody else, there's gold dust on everybody in the room, people are falling out in the spirit, people are undone, because God decided that day He was sending His angel to encounter His people, and He was going to impart something so profoundly that it it couldn't be, you couldn't fight it, you couldn't say it wasn't real, you couldn't, right? Um... And um, there's more to that story. People in other cities ended up encountering this girl. Um, I end up in living rooms with uh, these other people that the, um, hear about the story in Kansas City and a few other places. They all get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Um, and it's it all centers back to um, a relationship and a knowing and a trusting relationship. And I'm, I'm telling you that story because here's the question. How many of you are positioned to hear the voice of of the Lord, and then at a, at a whole another level, are you um, willing to walk in le- what I call level five intimacy, where you trust what the Lord said to you said to you, where you trust what the Holy Spirit said to you, and are willing to make a fool out of yourself, um, because he's he's the one that made the promise, right? I didn't know. I didn't even know if he was going to reveal himself. All I all I had to do was. Hey guys, there's an angel in the room. Um, let me know if you find him. And I literally let the rest of the Lord. I didn't know he was going to release gold dust. I didn't know that there would be a sign. Right? I didn't know that there would be a sign and a wonder. Um, and I'm telling you this story because learning to walk in faith is a completely different concept. Walking in faith versus living in religion. Religion is burdensome. It's uh, drudging. It's a uh, heavy it, it, It's a heavy weight. Um, people wake up, my friends are at church, I feel like I'm going to church, I really don't want to go to church because nothing ever happens to church. Um, That's religion. That's religion. You're wasting your time. Might as well not even go. Unless they have good pizza for lunch or whatever, right? But that's religion. But if you center yourself on hearing the voice of the Lord, my God, what's every day, what's tomorrow going to look like? What's the day after that going to look like? What's, what's the week after that? When, when you send me back to India, what's that going to look like? When you send me back to Buffalo, New York, um, because you want to do a next level deliverance with the people that you've been working with at Buffalo, New York, what's that going to look like? Which angel's going to walk in the room at Buffalo, New York, right? What I'm talking about, guys, is the difference between a mindset built on religion, right, versus expectation that God's going to show up it's completely, absolutely two different things. One's alive, and one's dead. Amen. So the question, guys, is: Will you tarry? Will you set your life in tarrying in prayer? Luke twenty-four forty-nine says, Jesus is uh, you know before he um, leaves uh, and goes into heaven. Um, this and a- after the resurrection, he walks on the earth for forty days, right? Um, and before he ascends into heaven. Um, this is where Luke 24:49 takes place. He tells those who are, who are following Him, they're literally following the resurrected Christ walking on earth. And He says, I'm not finished with you. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Amen. And this um, Holy Spirit and fire on the day of Pentecost, when it comes, it equips them to truly do what Jesus said they would do, right? He took them out of powerless religion Um, out of the synagogue, of the routines that couldn't wash away sin and the deadness and the shame and the guilt and the orphan feeling. And He equips them in the power of the Holy Ghost in such a supernatural way on the day of Pentecost that they become expectant in level 5 intimacy with the Holy Spirit. They no longer care to know about this Savior. They care to encounter the Savior, the next day, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And the encounter they carry is what is imparted to the world. Okay? That's much different than a guy, uh, you take a Baptist preacher standing on a street corner condemning people. You're going to hell! You're going to hell! Scripture says you're going to hell! Well, <laughs> guess what? You're talking out of a love letter when you should be moving in the Holy Ghost in power in level 5 intimacy looking at people through the eyes of mercy okay you guys heard me in the last in the last session i talked about the dream of jesus bringing the seven ugly brides the seven the seven churches in the book of revelation jesus you know in that dream jesus brought these seven ugly brides out and he positioned intimacy beside me to prophesy and kiss the bride in a way that beautifies the bride and impregnates the bride to carry and reproduce kingdom power okay and if you didn't listen to that i encourage you to go back to the last session listen to that dream because that dream is a picture it's an allegory of what the kingdom is it is a it is a um perfect view of the difference between life and death okay that guy, that Baptist preacher standing on a, on a street corner condemning the world to death. You're going to hell, you're going to hell, you're going to hell. He's actually pouring and heaping uh, death and um, ugliness on a bride who's already ugly. And pouring ugliness and death on a bride who's already ugly just makes her more ugly. They get, did, you ever, did you ever see that what happens? Usually there's guys traveling in a car, people walking up and down the street um, roaring and screaming demons are like they, they manifest but the guy the Baptist preacher has no answer because all he can do to them is you're going say you're going to hell, you're going to hell okay And that's not the way mercy works. Mercy is a kiss. Mercy is an intimate kiss. It's prophetic. It actually is releasing God's view, God's um, beautifying power on an ugly bride and making them beautiful. Okay? That's the difference between knowledge, um, knowing about Him versus knowing Him. Because when you walk with the One you know, He releases intimacy to beautify uh, the ugly bride through through intimacy, and that's that's the picture of the prophetic anointing. That's what the apostolic anointing does. It actually um, takes the broken, the lame, the downtrodden. Right? Jesus Jesus said his his mantra in Isaiah sixty one: "The spirit of the Lord God is upon me to heal the brokenhearted, to bring sight to the blind, to set the captive free, and to release those who are bound in prison." Um, and this is the day of vengeance of God. The day of vengeance is actually. It's, it's, you know, vengeance in the, in the eyes of the Lord. Um, he's actually for his bride. Even though, no matter how ugly they are, he is for the bride. His intent is to deliver the bride. Not to condemn you, but to deliver you. Amen? And so, those who don't understand intimacy will not view the ugly world the way Jesus views it. Jesus died for the world and he's equipping people to go into the world to minister in the power of the spirit that no matter how ugly they are they get kissed no matter how ugly they are they are that uh, the spirit of prophecy bypasses their ugliness and impregnates that bride with the seed of life amen They find the Marys of the world and say, no matter how ugly you are, Mary, the Lord says, I'm making you pregnant. The Lord says, you are mine. The Lord says, you are beautiful according to His view. And you are going to carry Christ. And that picture is the picture of how the world reproduces. When I go and prophesy to a person, the Lord wakes me up and says, go to this pastor, knock on this guy's door, and this is what you're going to say to him. And this Baptist pastor gets converted to a Holy Ghost believer and instead of condemning his congregation, gives them freedom and baptizes them in the Holy Spirit and equips his body. Those are two different things. One condemns, the other gives life. Amen? And and so that intimacy, you have got to flow with an expectation of intimacy. Amen. Intimacy equips with intimacy. Okay? You can't equip with intimacy if you don't know intimacy. If you've not yet encountered intimacy, which is the love of Christ that literally kissed you and drove out your ugliness, your blindness, your darkness, your inability, what made you unqualified, what orphaned you, what made you feel inadequate, unable, right? If, if when, when intimacy kisses you, it drives that stuff away. And that's how the church is truly reproduced with those who've experienced intimacy, amen. And so the knowing of Christ is what sets a person free. Jesus said, "You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Right? Um, it is the it is the knowing of Christ that is the absolute game changer. Um, and so I just I want to I want to just finish today with. Um, you know this uh, this scripture that the Lord kind of is just hanging on. He he will not leave me go with with this this revelation of his language, his gift of tongues, and how it literally compensates and bypasses all of our ugliness, all of our inabilities, um, if we lay down our religious thought processes and inabilities. Um, in First Corinthians fourteen, twenty and twenty one, Paul is referencing why the Lord imparts tongues. Why does he why does he have such a weird way, a supernatural way that man cannot reproduce in the baptism of the Holy Spirit to equip people in the gift of tongues? And I'll tell you this, it's it's so that he can teach you intimacy. It's so he can do something to you as you rely on his way of the spirit. Um you know, you t- in order to rely on the Holy Ghost and pray in tongues, you don't have to work. You literally have to enter rest. Okay? It's actually the basic element of you learning to actually stop functioning with a religious mindset and go into prayer on a daily basis and begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Because that scripture in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, and 21, it actually references Isaiah 28, 9, 10, and 11. In verse 9, it says, To whom will he teach knowledge? So the Lord is actually asking the question, the word knowledge there is the word yada. It means intimacy. The word teach there is encounter. So he's he's saying it to the natural man who would read this scripture on the surface, they would say he's talking about Bible knowledge. He's talking about you knowing scripture. And I have friends right now that all they talk about is scripture. They know scripture. I don't care how much scripture you know. The Lord is actually asking you a more deep Life-giving question in verse nine here. He says, "To whom will you encounter intimacy?" That's a lot different than the perception of a of a USA-based person who is logical in their thinking and they read, "To whom will he teach knowledge?" Meaning, who? How will I memorize more scripture? That's what the na- that's what the natural religious guy thinks of that of that scripture. But that's not what that scripture that means. That that scripture means, "To whom will he?" impart and encounter intimacy a spirit okay so the dream the dream that i shared about the desert where jesus brings the spirit of intimacy to me so that he can teach me how to minister to all seven uh, ugly brides in the book of revelation um what a what a what a picture right I don't care how ugly the world is, I don't care how ugly the church is, I don't care how self-righteous they are, I have a level of intimacy that if you submit your life to my way of the Spirit and encounter me, I will equip you in an ability spiritually to deliver the most ugly bride on earth. Okay? Amen. And he you know, he facetiously asks in, in verse ten. Um, how we make them to understand the message, Uh, those who um, are repeating over and over again, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Um, He's mocking the religious guys that just read out of the Bible. He's mocking them, saying, is this the way that you do it? Then he says, verse 11 out of the Amplified says, no, the Lord will teach His rebels with a more humiliating way, with a stammering lip and another tongue. He will... Speak to His people, right? And so the impart, He's talking about encountering you intimately. He's actually saying, you do not have the ability to intimately encounter me by logically approaching me with a scriptural mindset. You must set that down and utilize the power of the Spirit that I've given you to literally grab hold of my heart because the, my spirit has the ability to grab my heart and cause me to turn and encounter you. And I will teach you the way of the Spirit. Okay? I will, I will equip you with an ability to minister to the most ugly bride on earth through the power of intimacy. And what, what an amazing picture, right? And, and I've, I've, taught, I've taught this before. I'll teach it again. The picture, the Hebrew picture of verse 11 is a baby crying for its mother's milk right the, the mother when, when a baby when a newborn baby is born which is a in a, a, a picture of you going into prayer every morning when a newborn baby goes in and starts to cry does a mother have to think whether or not and decide whether or not they're going to feed the baby no the milk automatically flows it's voice it's voice driven okay the kingdom of heaven is voice driven and so why does, the, why does the Lord equip you with the Holy Spirit to pray through you with the gift of tongues? So that you can cry out as a simple infant. You know nothing. You literally have no logic ability. You can't reason yourself out of it. All you do is believe that your mother is going to feed you and you pray with the gift of tongues. And the Lord says, I will answer you and intimately teach you, Right? And so the feeding process is the equipping of the Lord teaching you with dreams and visions. And so this is a very simple you know, view of why the Lord baptized you in the Holy Ghost with something that's so profoundly misunderstood and can't be figured out by man is so that you actually realize that you stop eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and you start eating from the tree of life. Okay? And we're going to get into that deeper in the in the next session, but some of you are going to come to realize that just because you've been sitting in a place that has a cross in the front door, and they talk a lot about Scripture, that if you if you um, never have received the Holy Spirit, much of what you've been doing is eating from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And the Lord desires in the restoration of the giving of the Holy Spirit that you would no longer be reliant on the... Tree of knowledge and good and evil because that's what blinds you right. What happened in in Genesis three when they ate the fruit because they ate from the tree of knowledge they could not see spiritually, and that's exactly what Jesus said to the Pharisees in John five thirty eight right they're they're having this discussion and they're 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 profoundly twisted because Jesus is doing supernatural works um, and and you know here you have these Pharisees that memorize the Bible that literally blinded them. And Jesus Jesus says in uh, verse 38, He says, You do not have My Word living in your hearts because you do not believe and adhere and trust and rely on Me whom He sent. He's talking about My voice. He's not talking about Scripture in His heart. Jesus Jesus knows they have the Bible memorized. And He's looking at them and saying, You don't have My Word. You don't have My Word in your heart. That should rock your world. Because Jesus knew they memorized. You couldn't become a Pharisee without memorizing the Word, the Scripture, what they called the Word of God, what they worshipped. They worshipped written Scripture. And Jesus is saying, you don't have My Word. Okay? You don't have My voice is what He's saying. You don't listen to My voice. You don't know Me spiritually. So you don't even know Me. Verse 39 says, you search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently because you suppose and trust and think you have eternal life in them. But you can't see me, the living word, standing in front of you. So Jesus is talking about scripture versus himself, the living word, the voice. Okay, the voice. You've got to get it in your head. Many of you have been duped. Many of you have been duped into learning a bunch of Scripture and trying to logically approach God. You can't logically approach God. The Pharisees logically approached God and thought they knew everything about God. It made them puffed up in pride because they refused His Spirit. You have to become a child. Jesus said you have to become a child to enter the kingdom. You have to become a child, get baptized in the Holy Ghost His way, and submit to the way of the Spirit, which is simply trusting in the way of prayer and let the Holy Ghost reveal, teach, and build you and reveal to you and establish you what you really are according to the kingdom. Amen? And so, I'm going to leave you with that. I I think that's a pretty profound, deep revelation that you need to wrap your mind around. You need to spend some time really thinking over this. Because this pure language, the language of the Spirit is the heart cry of God praying through you to deliver you back from eating from the tree of life, which is the voice, instead of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And people can't wrap their mind around this, but the knowledge of, of good and evil is actually goes back to what the Lord was showing in, in Isaiah 28, uh, verse 9, "...to whom will I teach knowledge?" Man thinks knowledge is Scripture. Man thinks the Bible is God Himself, the love letter. And the Bible even says that the Bible can't even be properly interpreted without the Holy Spirit. It can't even be applied situationally without the Holy Spirit. It can't even be known what the Lord is actually intending, um, the different levels of understanding of each individual Scripture and what it means at a different time and place. Okay? Okay. And so the Bible in the wrong place, the Bible becomes an idol. Many denominations have made the Bible an idol. And if you, if, if you go back to, to this uh, scripture in John 5.38, Jesus is saying, I am the word. I am the living word. I am the voice that comes out of heaven. That's me. And you've substituted Scripture to become your God. You've called your Bible your God, and you've made yourself puffed up in pride, thinking that you have all the answers, and it has actually blinded you. It has made you deaf, dumb, and blind in the Spirit. Right? We talked about that last time in the book of Matthew, where Jesus said, Well, did Isaiah prophesy? In hearing you will not hear, and seeing you will not see. I talked to you in parables to keep you confused because you can't discern it according to the scriptures you worship, only I, the voice of God, the Holy Ghost, can interpret and reveal to you. You can't interpret dreams, guys. You can't interpret visions without the Holy Ghost. Amen? And so this is a very profound revelation. Very profound revelation. That Jesus, the Revelation 19, Jesus, the Risen Christ, in in Revelation 19, 11 through 15, it describes Christ on the white horse, right? Eyes of fire, crowns on his head, robe dipped in blood, and his name is written on him. It says the Word of God. The Word of God is a person; he speaks. The Word of God. Stop calling the Bible the Word of God. Okay, Jesus specifically spoke in 5 in John 5:38 he says you think you have my word in your heart because you've memorized scriptures you don't even know me you can't hear me you don't have my word in you you don't hear me okay so the word is the voice of god it's not the bible the bible is scripture okay it's scripture it is truth and it is scripture but it is not God Himself. It is not a substitute for God. That's what the sensationalists, the Baptists have a theology that says because the Holy Ghost doesn't speak anymore, then you worship the Bible because that's all you have left. What a lie. What a powerless lie that that Satan has infiltrated an entire denomination and relegated the Holy Ghost as a dead thing. How dare you? How dare you call my Holy Spirit My God, a dead thing. How dare you worship Scripture and think you're great because of your Scripture worship and call everybody else who knows the Holy Spirit, uh, you call them holy rulers, you call them crazy, you call them wild and weird. You know what I call you? I call you what Jesus called the Pharisee, the guys who worship dead Scripture. I call you dead men's bones. I call you whitewashed tombs. I call those of you who refuse the voice of the Holy Ghost and call Him dead. I call you dead. I call you a whitewashed tomb. And I pray for you. I pray for you right now that the Holy Ghost would come upon you in power, that you would lay down your dead religious ways and that you would uh, receive the Holy Ghost. I pray that you would be kissed. Amen. I pray that I, I pray that the that the cessationalists listening to this would be kissed by by the spirit of intimacy. In fact, I break the power of dead religious processes off of you. And I, I decree that you would you would um you would be one of those Pharisees uh like Nicodemus in the night who came to Jesus to hear him, to hear revelation. I pray that You would lay down that cessationist theology that made You powerless, hopeless, and, and unable and unqualified. And I prophesy over You the life of the Holy Ghost. So in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for every person hearing today that the fear of God would fall upon them, that they would uh, repent in every way that they've refused the Holy Ghost, that they've substituted Scripture worship for the worship of God, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I break all false theology off of people. I break off the power of every demonic doctrine that has relegated the Holy Ghost as a dead, powerless, secondary thing. I break that dead religion off of people. I, de- I break this dead uh, dependence on church structures and systems. I break that off of people now, and I decree that the Lord is going to pull many of you out into a desert and a cave, and it appears like you're dying all around you, but it's the place where the voice of God reveals the power of His... Of, of His impartation in your life to break dead religious processes and systems. In Jesus' name, Lord, let this grace, let it fall on those listening right now. Let the fear of God... Guys, I, feel, I just feel the fear of God falling right now. Lord, let the fear of God drive out those religious logic things that have, that have been infiltrated by demonic powers um, and relegated the Holy Ghost as a secondary, unneeded option. I break those lies, Lord, and I just bring deliverance to the captives and I open the prison door that religious systems have made and put on people. In Jesus' name, Lord, let the grace of the Holy Ghost come upon those right now. All right, guys, I encourage you, pray pray like a wild man. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Trust His voice when He speaks to you and do what He says. Amen. All right, have a great week, and uh, we'll see you again next time.
0: Thank you for joining this week's episode of The School of the Holy Spirit. For more information or to request David at your church or conference, please go to davidcuppett.org, D-A-V-I-D-C-U-P-P-E-T-T dot O-R-G, or fivestoneministries.org. You can also find the School of the Holy Spirit podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Charisma Magazine. For a deeper dive into the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to purchase David's new book entitled Wisdom-Filled Warriors, available on Amazon. We pray that you will encounter the Holy Spirit in a transforming way and become all that Christ has prophesied over your life.